0: Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Hello Cosmos Country. On this week's episode, I will review the Cosmos three-three draw against Indy Eleven. Preview the Cosmos match this weekend against North Carolina FC away, and we have two topics to talk about towards the end of the show. One is on NYCFC, and I know we don't want to talk about that team, and this podcast is not about that. I had this thought, and it has something to do about the New York Cosmos and the future of the Cosmos and New York Soccer. The second topic is on promotion and relegation. And there's five points according to 90Minute, it's 90min.com. They had an article and it was five points on why ProRel should be implemented in the United States. So let's kick off the show by talking about the 3-3 draw, 6-goal thriller at MCU Park. And I saw a tweet. I believe from an Indy 11 fan and it said if any soccer fan in the United States does not acknowledge and say that this match is one of the biggest rivalries in the United States, then they're not uh, a soccer fan. They don't understand U.S. soccer. That guy is right 100%. I remember when Indy 11 joined the league, there was always draws. We couldn't win the match. Indy 11 couldn't win as well. This time around... At MCU Park. This past Saturday night. It was a very exciting matchup. But before we get there. Let's talk about Marco Senna Knight. So before the match. He did a coin toss. But I think. He should have had some type of ceremony before the game. The club promoted it. Marco Senna Knight. It was so exciting. You couldn't wait to see this legend. the Cosmo's great. In person. And they gave away a shirt with him on the front. And his name on the back. And his number. But I would have liked to see. Some type of ceremony, something to honor the man himself before the match because he gave a lot to the New York Cosmos in the modern era. He led us since the first day until he retired and he hung up his boots. He won championships with the Cosmos. I couldn't imagine watching the Cosmos without Marco Senna running the midfield. But now we are experiencing those matches and the era as the Cosmos called it, the Brooklyn Boys, without Stars, without Marco Senna, without Raul. And it's a different error under Rocco Camiso. Something that we will talk about towards the end of this episode. But let's get to the match. In the ninth minute, Indy Levin's Don Smart takes a short corner kick. Toronto has the ball outside the box and fires his shot into the top right corner. Jimmy Maurer couldn't save it, and any goalkeeper in the world could not get his hands on that powerful shot. So that was one nothing in the 11. In the 13th minute, Zayet sets up Toronto once again outside the box. He has space to take a shot and he does and he scores his second goal of the match. That's two nothing in the 11 in the first half. Andres Flores of the New York Cosmos, his shot hit the post very close there. I wish he would have scored uh, because that would have put the Cosmos right back into the match early on in the first half. In the 28th minute, Flores crosses the ball to the back post and Djokovic heads it into the back of the net. Cosmos 1-11-2. In the second half, in the 49th minute, Flores takes a shot from outside the box. It hits the crossbar and Pablo heads it into the back of the net. 2-2 and this is where it gets interesting. The Cosmos fought back at home to equalize. In the 52nd minute, Zayet 1-1 with Djokovic. Jokovic slips, and Zayet puts it past Maurer to put Indy Levin up 3-2. And the problem with this, and a lot of people, if you were watching this match on TV, or if you were watching the highlights, you couldn't see this. At halftime, the grounds crew, they come out, and they water the turf. And you can see a difference. When the Cosmos were attacking, they were almost slipping. And Jokovic slipped because... They were watering the turf. So I think the club should try to talk to the grounds crew and say, hey, this is not helping any team. We gave up a goal because Djokovic was trying to chase Zayat, and then he gets in front of him to defend, to try to contain him, to try to stop him and not give him so much space to um, fire his shot. But He slips. He slips. Because the guy at halftime is hosing the turf. But my problem with that is people might say, well, that's good because that's what they have to do. It makes the turf better, whatever. They take the turf apart at the end of the game. At Hofstra last year, they watered the turf, but that turf stayed there. It was permanent. The turf at MCU Park that the Cosmos put down on top of the baseball turf, they take it apart after the match. In the 83rd minute, Cosmos have a corner. The cross comes into the box. Juan Guerra heads it into the back of the net. Cosmos 3, Indy 11-3. And that's full time. Cosmos 3, Indy 11-3. It's sad because I wanted to see the Cosmos win the match. The crowd were on their feet after Juan Guerra scored that goal. And it looked like the Cosmos had the momentum. Indy 11, they were wasting time. They were going down on the turf. So Indy 11 knew that they didn't have the momentum and the game wasn't on their side anymore. And that's why it's a bit sad, but you have to understand that the Cosmos were down and we came back, we fought hard to equalize, to get a point from this match. It's disappointing, but we're playing a very tough side. We lost away to them and we drew at home on the 4th of July. So a point at home to Indy 11 is not a bad result given that we were down a couple of goals as well so if we were winning this match and then we couldn't defend and we gave up the game and we get a point then I would be mad we were down a goal we came back and we got a point fair result but for Indy 11 I think they should be upset their supporters should be mad because they went away to New York and they were winning and they were sort of lucky to get away with one point but in this league I think any team would be happy with a point on the road. So let's review the fixtures around the NASL. On Saturday, the Cosmos drew 3-3 against the Indy 11, and the Deltas drew 1-1 against North Carolina FC. On Sunday, FC Edmonton drew 1-1 against Puerto Rico FC, and Miami FC beat the Jacksonville Armada FC 1-0 in the Florida Derby. Let's preview the fixtures in the NASL this weekend. On Saturday, we have Puerto Rico FC hosting Miami FC, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. i want to go with a Miami FC victory 2-0. The second match is Indy 11 hosting Jacksonville Armada FC. I'm going to go with a Indy 11 victory 2-1. San Francisco Deltas are hosting FC Edmondson. I'm going to go with a 1-0 San Francisco Deltas victory. The match that we are all looking forward to is North Carolina FC hosting New York Cosmos at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time at Wake Med Soccer Park in Cary, North Carolina. So the key to the match for a New York Cosmos was to get a good result away from home. We weren't that strong at the back this past weekend. We gave up three goals. That's not good at all, but the problem was, was that we gave Indy 11 too much space. When Toronto had those chances to score those two goals... And he capitalized. He put the ball in the back of the net. We gave him so much space. We didn't think he was going to take that shot. They played the corner short. He came right into the box and fired it into the back of the net. Zayat set him up and we gave him space. So we can't do that against North Carolina FC. The other key is to watch out for Cipollani. Very dangerous player. He has so much speed on the wing I always say on the show, every time we play against him, I wish the Cosmos can sign him in the offseason because he adds another dynamic to the Cosmos attack. I would love to see the Cosmos have wingers that are very fast. Like when the Cosmos won the championship with uh, Gaston, Salrino and company, we have Restrepo running up and down the right wing. And he was a threat to other opponents' defenses. And that's what Chipolani is as well. I think he's a very, very dangerous player and a player that we need to shut down if we want to win this match. The Cosmos played North Carolina FC two times in the spring season. The first match, the Cosmos won 1-0 away from home. And the second match, the Cosmos drew 2-2 at MCU Park. So I'm going to go with a New York Cosmos 1-0 victory. I think it's going to be really tight I don't see the Cosmos scoring a lot of goals. I just see us getting that one goal and sitting back and parking the bus for the remainder of the second half. I hope that's how the match goes, or maybe we score a couple more goals. I think I would like that, a more comfortable away victory. But if it's a 1-0 victory, I wouldn't complain. We got the three points. That's all I want from this match. We need to win matches. We need to be more consistent with our results if we want to Put together a run for the championship. Are we going to win the fall season? I'm not sure. At the moment, there's still a lot more matches to play in the fall season. But if we don't, and we still qualify for the championship, we still have a decent team. I think for supporters, they might think, well, we have to win the fall season to make it to the championship. We don't have to. But if we don't, that doesn't mean that we're not a good team. That doesn't mean that uh, we can't beat a team on the road in the championship semifinals. I would rather host the championship semifinal and host the final because I don't think we're a great away team, especially when it comes to the semifinal and a final. If you can remember a couple years ago, we lost the semifinal away to the San Antonio Scorpions who are no longer in the league. Walter Restrepo scored the winning goal against our New York Cosmos. And the following year, we signed... Walter Restrepo. So that's not in our favor playing away. But if we have to, we have to. And Giovanni Savarese, like he always says, we take every match like a final. He's going to take this match seriously like we should. But if we get to the championship semifinal and we're playing away, Giovanni Savarese is going to have his game plan going into that match. And I think we have the players to get the job done. And we have the experience as well. So let's move on to... The two topics before we end the show, and we'll get to your questions that you sent in on Twitter using the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. The first topic is about NYCFC, New York soccer, and the New York Cosmos. And I know a lot of people might be saying, John, why the hell are you talking about NYCFC? And the reason why I'm talking about them, not on the field, but off the field, their actions off the field mean a lot to the New York Cosmos. They affect us 100%. The Cosmos tried to put in a bid, or we did put in a bid, to build our stadium and build other things at Belmont. MLS, they lobbied against their bid, so we can't get it. Let me just lay the groundwork on NYCFC on what has been going on. I don't follow them on Twitter or anywhere, but I have been reading Empire of Soccer, and I have seen some news coming out about their club that might impact our team in the future. In a good or bad way. They have to move their match. I don't know when it is. But they have to move their match in September to Connecticut. Because they're playing at Yankee Stadium. And the Yankees have to make up a game. So the Yankees, they're the main tenant. They're the most important people in that stadium. And NYCFC comes second. Just as the Cyclones play at MCU Park. Brooklyn Cyclones are number one. And then the Cosmos are number two. There's an article on Empire of Soccer that... NYCFC's architects, they visited the Belmont site. So that must mean that they're interested in building a stadium on that site. The article says that the Islanders are interested in submitting a bid and have the backing of local elected officials eager to get the team to return to Nassau County. So I believe the Islanders have a step up if NYCFC or anyone else wants to put in a bid. The reason being is because, and this is why I think the Cosmos had a problem there, not because the Cosmos were not a good enough team or not a good enough club, but it was because soccer is not too mainstream for the local officials and politicians to get excited for and to understand how important that bid actually was for the local community. Everyone understands the impact the Islanders will have in any community or any mainstream sport would have in a community because everyone talks about them. Everyone knows about what they're doing. Um, So that's why I think they have the upper hand uh, on the Belmont site. But the reason why I bring up NYCFC is because if they don't get this piece of land to build their stadium, what's the future for NYCFC? And I don't like NYCFC. I hate them. I love the New York Cosmos. But the reason why I bring this up is because the Cosmos future And the NYCFC future is hand in hand. It's we need a stadium eventually. The Cosmos can't play at MCU Park forever. NYCFC can't play at Yankee Stadium forever. But the problem is, is that MLS, they want NYCFC to have their own home. The NASL is not pressuring the Cosmos. I personally believe that MLS will put more pressure on NYCFC to build your own stadium if they can't find that land, and we all know that building a stadium within the five boroughs is very difficult. So if they can't build the stadium, what's the future of their club? I don't think their future is too bright, and I would love to get your thoughts on that. You can email the show at firstteampod at gmail.com. And if they don't get a stadium, and their club can't find a land, and MLS keeps pressuring them, and their future is not certain at the moment either, then I think the Cosmos have an upper hand. Because what the Cosmos are doing now is we're not saying we need to build a stadium. We're not saying that. And I think that's a great thing. Because we have time to build a fan base, to build our club, to build in Brooklyn and under Rocco Camiso, whatever that future might be. Maybe we hear some more news in the off season about what's the long-term plan. But for right now... It's more build our club, get more people caring about the New York Cosmos, coming to this stadium and watching the match. This past weekend, Peter Schwartz, Cosmos PA announcer, he announced over 6,000 people were at the match. So that's great to hear. MCU park attendance is over 7,000. You can't base attendance numbers this season, in my opinion, for the New York Cosmos because Rocco... Bought the team in January. He only had a couple of months to put the team on the field and market and promote everything. So I think next season, you can really judge the Cosmos a bit more. But for right now, I think we should be happy and we should be proud that there is a great atmosphere. That there is a lot of people coming out to the match, buying merchandise, supporting the team, and getting behind the team as well, being the 12th man. I would love to have this conversation down the line as well when there's more information and when there's more news coming from the Cosmos or maybe coming from uh, NYCFC because even though we don't care about their club or we don't care, I really hate MLS, but the problem is, is that even though I don't care about them, we sort of have to look at their news and see what's going on to a certain extent because what they do impacts what the Cosmos want to do. Wherever the Cosmos want to build a stadium one day, If that is within the five boroughs, if it's not, who knows? It might hurt our odds if they build a stadium in the five boroughs. But since they can't find a piece of land, and I believe the Islanders might go to Belmont, and if they do, where is NYCFC going to go? Where are they going to go? If they can't get a stadium and their club falls apart, then I think the Cosmos have an upper hand. Now we are New York's team. We are truly New York's team. And that should be very exciting when that day comes. There was this cool article from 90Minute, that is 90min.com, and they had an article stating the five reasons or the five points why promotion and relegation should be implemented in the United States. Number one was growth of the game. And this is very important because if you have promotion and relegation, that means that more people have teams. That means that every single town or every single city has a team. And that's very important because right now in this current structure, every single town, every single state is not going to have a team. And that's the only way we're going to grow the game massively in this country. The country's massive. So you can't have MLS saying they're going to have, let's just say, 24, 28 teams. But they're going to have it in the biggest markets. The NASL, they're going to be probably in the biggest markets and second biggest markets. The MLS is not there. And then USL, they're going to be more like a minor league system. So maybe they're going to be the closest thing to a local team where there's no MLS, where there's no NASL. And then you have MPSL and UPSL and PDL. Those leagues are going to be in local towns and in smaller cities. But we need to have everyone in local areas. Not just in the biggest cities where there's a lot of people, a lot of sponsorship money, everything. But you need teams to be in smaller markets as well. But smaller markets means that you have support, win, lose, or draw. Not just people saying, I support NYCFC and they live in Atlanta or wherever. You need people to actually care about their local team and support them, win, lose, or draw. So that's the growth of the game at number one. Number two is player development. That's very important. As you can see in England, Jamie Vardy came from non-league and all the way to the Premier League with Leicester City. And now there's rumors that he might join Chelsea. And if he does, that's just a great thing for him because he came from non-league, won the Premier League with Leicester City, and then he goes to Chelsea and now he could play in the Champions League. And maybe win another Premier League. And that's a great story. You can write a book about that. You can have a documentary and have a movie about that. Player development in this country is a major issue. And there's this big debate about whose job is it to develop players. In my opinion, I think it's the professional clubs. Because they have the resources to invest in youth academies. Some people think it's the UPSL, MPSL, and PDL's job to develop players. The PDL, they promote X amount of players have joined MLS clubs. Number three, money talks. Very important thing. There's not a lot of money in the game in this country. If there is pro-rel in this country down the line, there will be a lot of money throughout the game at all levels. At the top, hopefully, like we see in the Premier League, every single team makes about $100 million or more. You have... The lower division teams in England, they don't get any funding or they don't get a lot of money coming down to the lower divisions. I hope we see that change in the United States. I hope we see lower division clubs get money so they can invest in their club, maybe invest in youth academies, maybe invest in better players so they can get promoted. Number four is the American dream. And I think this is the most important thing. The United States is a land of opportunity is a land of dreaming as well. So if you have a small town of, let's just say, 12,000 people, and you're never going to get a Major League Baseball team or a NHL or NFL, NBA team, maybe that bigger city in your state is going to get that, and everyone supports those bigger sports in your state. But if you're a small town, can have a local team that everyone supports, that everyone knows about, And you don't sign star players because your club doesn't have that resources. But you can sign local players. And imagine if that small team gets promoted to the first division in the United States. If that's MLS. If that's NASL. If MLS doesn't want to be a part of this pro-rel system. Imagine that. All the excitement in your town and in North America. Because everyone is rooting for that underdog story. Is rooting for that small town in America playing in the big time, playing in the first division. So the last one, number five is tried and tested. So this is the most important thing is that when people set out a plan, they say, has anyone ever done this before? Have they been successful? And you can say, yes, they have. In England, across Europe, they're pro-rel and they're doing pretty well. In England, there's tons of dollars. There's millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in the game. International broadcasters are paying billions of dollars to broadcast Premier League matches. And now there's this spotlight on the league. Every single decision, every single piece of news is highlighted. That's the impact of promotion and relegation. That's the impact of this tried and tested method. That we can see that people have done it before. In Europe, they've done it before. Okay, in different countries, maybe they're not making... Hundreds of millions of dollars. In Italy, there's not a lot of money in the game in the top flight. Do they have international TV deals? Yes, they do. Is every single club making crazy money on those deals? Probably not. But in England, they are. In Germany, they have international TV deals. But is every single club making crazy money where they can waste, I don't know, 90 million on Pogba or waste crazy money on Neymar? No, they can't. But at least we can see that it's tried and tested, that it works there, that people like it, and it is successful. When we tweet out, send in your questions, we are recording using the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. We have a question from Gabe. He says, besides a go-get-em attitude, what can the team, coaches included, learn from the successes of FC Cincinnati against all comers? So I'm guessing he's talking about the U.S. Open Cup. I think the Cosmos have fight in them. We have this ability over the past couple of years to come back and to beat teams and to do pretty well in the U.S. Open Cup, but we can't get past a certain round. FC Cincinnati, I think they were just lucky because you're playing MLS clubs that don't take this tournament too seriously. They played the Red Bulls. They were winning. The Red Bulls put their stars on, and they get beat. So what can we... Learn from their successes. I just think it's just go out there and play your hardest. It doesn't matter who you are as a club. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. If it's MLS, if it's NASL, if it's non-league, if it's lower divisions. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Go out there, respect your opponent, and go give 110%. And this year, we didn't do that. We didn't do that against Reading United. And I hope next season we have a cup run And we go as far as we could. Hopefully, we go to the final and win the whole thing. I would love that. But then again, like I said earlier, the Cosmos didn't have a lot of time to put a roster together, to promote, to sell tickets, to do everything. But in the offseason, we're going to have time to do all of that. We're going to have time to market some more, to promote the New York Cosmos to New York City and to the world. Thanks to everyone for tuning into this week's show. I really appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod. Check out our website, firstteampod.com. That is firstteampod.com. If you have any questions, any comments, you can send them in using the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. If you want to comment on anything that I've touched on on this week's episode, you can email the show at firstteampod at gmail.com. That is firstteampod at gmail.com. I would just like to say that we have our third birthday tomorrow, Thursday, August 24th, 2017. And we will be celebrating that by announcing our two winners. We have two contests running on our Twitter account. It's pinned to our Twitter at First Team Pod. So all you have to do is just follow us and retweet that tweet. And you could win either a gift from Offside Tavern, which is a New York Cosmos watch party pub. So you can go there and you can have an open bar throughout the match or you can have two tickets for the Cosmos match against the Jacksonville Armada. I believe that's September 3rd. Just retweet and follow us and you will be entered to win one of those two prizes. So good luck and I'm so happy that we will be three years old tomorrow and hopefully we can have a couple more years going and a lot more episodes and a lot more interviews and breaking some more news along the way. So thanks again for tuning into the First Team podcast. I'm John Franchante and as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points, the Borough boys of Bendado Cosmos and the Cross Island crew. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's New York, street and white What we believe you see in fight d It seems to be achieving, see we do and did it right Cosmo, country, love and we above them I'm just saying, all those lovely suns come and see it in I'm playing, the fact of it is the rap from here Attacks, passion, gliss, reacts, time we win So fast, we're racking them in Whether it's attack on the wing, going back to the day, Through the mid, cutting the scenes, it seems we see anything to be We got a ball and a dream, got a ball and a dream We do, I'm new, it's true, If fancy you down for you, no doubt they do Surrounding you about bad views Like shouting cues aloud to you without them dudes Around my crews, I'll check, that's no excuse Session, and lesson, it's not about profession The work's the test, and F's connected like a method Now breathless the training, something's gotta be correct. Rushing and acceleration at the start, most suggested Infected with greatness, potential is spacious Out the world, just face it, the work becomes contagious Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done